The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Well, let's get into it. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namtlanje, Nasichaye, we will learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Amen. And so uh, the theme, literally, for this weekend, right, has been dare to believe. And uh, because I'm not a aficionado in English, I had to go Google what the word dare means, right? And so the word dare means to have courage to do something. To have courage to do something. And this year's Designer Life uh, theme was for us to have courage to do what? To believe God, to believe the impossible, and to believe big. Amen? And, and really, I really like the, the, the title of the conference itself, Design a Life, you know? Uh, and, and uh, you know, when, when my wife brought that up, that she wanted to name it Design a Life, my question was, who's the designer? And whose life? You know, because if you go out there and you say designer uh, brand, right, you know, they're talking about the person who uh, uh, usually they name it after the person who designed the brand and so on and so forth. And so in this instance, designer life, uh, you know, from uh, inquiring further, I found out that this was about uh, what God has given us by grace and we get to be the designers of our own lives. Amen. And God has set before us, if you read in Deuteronomy 30, he has already set before before us uh, all the ingredients and now it's our opportunity to choose the ones that we want so that we can uh, enjoy the grace life so as it were and so he said before us life and death blessing and cursing he encourages us though to choose life so that not only us but we and our children can enjoy life amen and so uh, dare to believe dare to, to, to think big, dare to uh, step out of the boat and walk on water. And God wants us to have courage really to believe big and to do the impossible because he has graced us for the impossible. Someone say amen. amen. And so uh, uh, today I want to talk to you a little bit about how you can do that and the things that you need to look out for that may hinder you from daring to believe God. And so uh, let's go to Psalm 78 uh, verse 14. And I know uh, Pastor C already read this scripture on, on Friday. And this is what it says. Uh, I'm reading in the New King James Bible. It says, and yes, again and again, they tempted God. It's talking about the children of Israel. It says, again and again, they tempted God, right? And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you see that? And so I thought about it when reading this scripture, Psalm 78, verse 41, that uh, uh, how did this happen? How is this even possible that we can limit God? 
Amen? I mean, this is God Almighty who is uh, omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He's uh, omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And yet the Bible says that the children of Israel limited God. And I thought about it. I said, how can you limit a God who is this great? And the answer that I got was, you know, even though God is uh, omnipotent, is omnipresent and omniscient, we can limit him in our own lives. We can limit what God wants to do in our lives, sometimes by small thinking, sometimes by wrong belief uh, systems, uh, sometimes just not believing God and, and allowing him to do the things that he wants to do in our lives. In fact, if you read in Mark chapter number 6, verse 5, we're not going to go there. It talks about Jesus, who is the Son of God. He says there he could not do mighty works. He says he wouldn't. He says could not do any mighty works and literally it was because of their unbelief so also unbelief can stop uh, uh, or hinder or limit what god is trying to do uh, in our lives do you realize that god uh, you know since god is omniscient he can speak all languages god can speak french god can speak spanish he can speak mandarin he can speak all languages, uh, you know, on the face of the earth and many other languages that are still to come. But the question I had was, how come he doesn't speak to me in Mandarin? It is because I'm the one who can't understand Mandarin. And so sometimes God doesn't speak to you in prosperity, not because God can't speak prosperity. Amen. And so sometimes God doesn't speak to you about miracles and healing, not because God can't speak healing and miracles. God can speak all things, but sometimes he can't because we just don't understand it yet. Amen. When we start to understand and receive the revelation of what he has done by grace, man, we release that in our lives. Amen. And so how do you begin to uh, take these limits uh, from God? How do you remove these limits so that we can dare to believe him? How do we do that? Quickly, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 10, and we're going to read from verse 4 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Uh, verse 4 to 5. And this is what it says. It says, for the weapons, which means, you know, there's some weapons, right, that we can uh, take advantage of uh, on this journey. It says, for the weapons of our warfare. There's a warfare going on. Amen. It says, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. In other words, they're not natural. We don't fight this spiritual war uh, with uh, natural means. We will lose if we attempt to do that because the spiritual uh, realm is the parent force that gives birth to the natural realm. So we have to uh, fight this battle with spiritual uh, 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 weapons. It says this, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Someone preached yesterday uh, that just because, I think it was Mignonette, said just because we have a promise from God does not mean that that there's not going to be giants in the promised land. Just because we have a word from God does not mean that there's not going to be any opposition. Amen? And, and so we need to realize this as the church, that we are in a warfare. And that we have an enemy. And, and the enemy that we are fighting is not a kind one. The enemy is trying to take us out. He's trying to take you and I out. And so we need to learn how to fight this battle if we're going to be uh, uh, successful. Amen? And so he says this. He says the weapons of our warfare. We just have to learn to fight. Amen? You can't play dead. You know? And I said, you know, he's going to leave me alone. I'm just going to spray some ketchup on myself and 
you know, act like I'm dead. I've already been, I've already been shot, devil. Leave me alone. No, he's going to poke you. <laughs> and this is what it says. It says, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty uh, in God to pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and everything that, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is loaded. He says that these weapons, they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There's some strongholds that we need to pull down. Can I get an amen? And so I remember, you know, I grew up in the church. I've been in church for, uh, for, for, for a minute, right? And so we went to this all-night prayer meeting. And uh, while we were there at the all-night prayer meeting, you know, I'm the one who was leading the all-night prayer meeting. I read this scripture, and I remember telling people, now it's time for us to pull down these strongholds uh, that are over the city of Harare. And, you know, we all started, I said, pull them down. And I started telling them, you, you have to have a, a prophetic action to pull these down. So I told them, you need to start praying, pulling them, pulling them down. And I remember as I was leading, I'm on the microphone, and I'm really praying hard. The Lord stopped me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. Doing what? I said, pulling the strongholds down. He said, from where? I said, from up there. He said, to where? <laughs> I said, to here. And the Lord said, are you sure you want them there? <laughs> and I stopped praying. I said, guys, let's move to the next prayer point. <laughs> we have to pray for something else, right? And evidently, I had the wrong idea of what strongholds are. And many in the church have a wrong idea of what strongholds are. But if you read, you know, this uh, particular scripture in context, you realize that he's not talking about some, some strongholds out there somewhere. He's talking about arguments. Someone say arguments. He's talking about knowledge, wrong knowledge that seeks to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. He's talking about thoughts. And so, I want to submit to you uh, this morning that these strongholds are right here. This is where they are. This is, this is you and I, right? You know, these are the eyes. I'm getting better in my drawing. And so, if you look up the word strongholds, uh, it's act it actually means uh, castles. It also means uh, fortresses. And what's interesting about these castles and fortresses is they are uh, uh, built in our minds. Oh, I forgot to put ears. <laughs> so here are the strongholds. They are right here. And because they are castles, they are all built one brick at a time. And so when your when your uh, uh, high school teacher told you you were not going to amount uh, to anything and you received it, that's the kicker. You know, people telling you stuff is not the problem. But when you receive it, you receive it as a building block to be a part of this uh, strong castle that you are forming or building in your thinking. And so poverty is not a lack of money. Poverty is a, is a wrong thinking. Amen? And there's some people over time who've built castles in their uh, minds, castles of limitation, and in their minds here, they have a strong fortified city that says their limit is 2,000 runs. <laughs> so this person, it doesn't matter what you do to them, they will move back to the stronghold because the stronghold is a safe 
place, right? You get uncomfortable when you leave your strongholds, right? And so every time you give them 10,000 rand, they have to figure out how to uh, creatively lose 8,000 rand so that they can function. Have you ever met people like that? Oh, just nervous laughters all over the building. This is why they say when you, people win a lotto, right? You give them how long? Three years? It says you give them three years, uh, uh, they will be back right where they are. Why? Because you always function at the place of the strongholds that you've built over time. And so this is the reason why the Bible says we must destroy these strongholds. We must bring them down. We must pull them down. We must damage them. Amen? Uproot them. Because if you don't, these strongholds will be uh, uh, a limiting uh, thing in your mind. I brought these uh, mosquito coils because it's the best way I can illustrate this with strongholds. Strongholds are also known as uh, belief systems or tracks, thinking tracks that your life is running on. Anybody ever heard the word uh, deliverance in the church? It says a deliverance uh, service. Someone once came to Faith Hill Church and said, Pastor, do you ever have a deliverance service? I said we have a deliverance service every Sunday. Uh, You know, because we seek to deliver people from their strongholds, but this is what strongholds look like. This is what they look like. Just look up for a minute. This is what strongholds look like. They're tracks that we have created over time that our lives run on. Amen. So it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, We used to do those kind of deliverance way back then. I mean, we used to lay hands on people and people would manifest and people would puke. And I mean, we would go home with with big egos feeling like we've accomplished something as the pastors. You know, we delivered 34 people. But what was interesting was in two weeks time, all those people would be back in the same place. The, it didn't change it. See, the throwing up didn't change the, 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 the strongholds. Can I get an amen? The throwing up didn't change much. Amen? And so, this is what it looks like. Over time, you, you begin to create a track to run on. And for me, personally, I'm preaching about myself. The track that, you know, life handed to me growing up was the track of poverty. This was the track, right? We would go to the rural areas and then our parents would feed us this way. One big plate of pop, one big plate of uh, a stew. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they would sit all of us around uh, those two big plates. And then they would say, on your marks, get set, Go. <laughs> And so it was, the, it was a race to fill up my stomach. I didn't care about anybody else around that table. And what it did is it created a track of selfishness. It created a track of self-centeredness. It also created a, a track of scarcity. You know, I, I got a track from all of that that said stuff is running out. And unfortunately, some of my friends have taken it into government, but moving right along. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Do you realize that when you're elected minister, it's, it's, you're called a civil. That word servant, civil servant, means we've put you in there to serve us. So where does this, come, this stuff come from? You know, five years, it's my turn to eat. Because after all, the other minister of tourism is eating. So this port is getting smaller. So we have a, where did that come from? It comes from the track that life has dealt them. Amen? 
And so, scientifically, if this track, for me personally, if this track took uh, 22 years to build, over time, 22 years, it should take 22 years to reverse. Scientifically. Someone say scientifically. But thank God for breakthrough. Amen. When we're talking about breakthrough in the word of God, here's what it looks like. The word of God comes and it breaks that mold. Amen. When scripture says the entrance of his word brings light, that this is what happens when you receive God's word. Uh, John 8, 32, I believe. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall? Set you free. The truth sets you free instantly when you have received it. Why? Because this is the key. This is the key to deliverance. The key to deliverance is the word of God. We have to allow our thinking to be shaped by the word and not to be shaped by circumstances and the tracks that life deals us. Because life is trying to get you on a track. This is why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Do not let life put you on the track of sickness. Do not let life put you on the track of uh, poverty. Do not allow that. Stay on the track of God's word. Amen. I remember when COVID came, uh, uh, you know, people were running around like headless chickens. All of us running around like crazy. You know what was happening? Uh, uh, every broadcast was geared to put us on a track, a track of fear. And I mean, they did that spectacularly and successfully. All of us. I mean, you, it got to a point where we were all on that track. Uh, forget coughing. Just clear your throat. People would look at you. On the plane. I remember I was on the plane uh, flying from Cape Town and uh, I felt that thing on my, on my throat. I just sat down on this seat. I felt that thing on my throat and I couldn't just, <clears throat> I couldn't even do that because I knew it was about, it was going to be some problems. And so I kept it until I couldn't keep it any longer and I just coughed. <laughs> you should have seen the woman that was next. <laughs> I said, what's wrong? She said, yeah, you just never know. <laughs> she just never know. She started fixing a mask. <laughs> and so what happened? They were trying to put us on a track of fear. Amen? But if you stay on the track of God's word, you realize that a thousand may fall at your side, but 10,000 at your right hand side, but it can't touch you. Aren't your neighbor say, even MC Hammer can't touch you. Even MC. <laughs> Amen. He can't touch this. The Bible says, no plague shall come near your dwelling. And so if we run on that track, then fear has no place in our lives. But we have to be determined to start running on that track and not the track that, you know, circumstances and life out there is trying to give us. I was sharing with uh, my wife yesterday and with Isaac and Annalie. Man, they put us on this track of fear so much so that uh, 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 my wife and I and the kids, we decided to watch this cooking show. And we were watching this cooking show. And uh, because, you know, this is at the peak of COVID. And uh, I, so they started with about 12 contestants and they would cook and they would bring in all these chefs and they would judge them. And then people would get... Um, uh, eliminated, so they're trying to get to and we were watching it, and uh, at uh, episode two, I started getting uncomfortable. I'm watching this, and COVID is it right? I'm on a track of COVID, right? I'm instead of God's word, and and I'm looking at these people that are cooking this food, and um, 
they would put their spoon in there to taste the, the gravy, right? Put the thing in there and dip it right back into the... I said, man, this doesn't work. My wife said, what do you think happens everywhere else we go to eat? She said, what do you think happens at the bride? Yeah. <laughs> I said, man, COVID, COVID has me tripping, right? I said, Lord, I said, Lord, take the wheel. That's what I said. I said, Lord. And so, here's the thing is that uh, uh, John, John 8, 32, right? John 8, 32 is my time over there. It's broken, huh? John 8, 32 is broken. Oh. It says, and you, someone say me. You can put your name there. When it says, and you, it's talking about you. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there's some big words we want to highlight in there. He says you, you are the uh, a person, the subject in, the, in this story, right? He says the key is this. You shall know the truth. Why? Because it is the truth that you know that will set you free. Amen. Amen? It's not the truth that's sitting on your coffee table that will set you free. It's, the, it's not the truth that's an app in your phone that will set, set you free. It's the truth that you what? That you know. That will set you free. I used to think that the Bible was a, a superstitious object. And so, I, you know, when I, first, when I got my first job, they gave me a car to drive. And I decided to put the Bible in there. And I said, the Bible is going to protect me from evil spirits. Kind of like, you know, if you watch a horror movie, you know how they use the Bible. When the ghosts come, they take the Bible and they say, Ooh. 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 And the thing disintegrates. You ever seen that? Some of them use the cross, right? <laughs> no, it's the, it's the message you know about the cross. The little wooden thing is not going to set you free from anything. I tried scaring my bills with the Bible. I took them. I took them. I, <laughs> Man, that school fees bill, it, <laughs> it didn't run away. I, no, no, no. It's the truth that you take from God's word and you put it in your heart. That's the truth that will set you free. Amen? And so if you look further, you will realize that not only do we need to uh, just get into the Bible and, 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 and read it like a novel, we need to actually allow the Bible to change our thinking to shape our thinking. And so scripture there says that we should cast down strongholds. It also tells us that we should bring every thought. Someone say every thought. Every. Not some thoughts. How many? Every. every thought. It's interesting. I used to think that I should only be careful about the bad thoughts. No, the Bible says we must bring every thought and make sure that every thought come to the obedience of the big thought. What is that? Come to the obedience of Christ, who is his word. So every thought must be checked out before we receive it. Amen? The life is constantly uh, uh, sending us thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And we ourselves, I mean, we think thoughts in the millions per day, right? And it, with all of that, we must make sure we take every thought captive. We must not allow thoughts to, to run away. 
We must not have runaway thoughts. Every thought must be checked out. If you've ever watched uh, Cops and Robbers in the U.S., there they have Cops and Robbers, and it's a, it's a reality TV show where, you know, the cops are chasing the robbers, right? And uh, sometimes it's because the cops don't observe the simple protocol of uh, when you come to someone and you're suspecting them, the first thing you must do is make sure you get them out of the, the, the seat of power. Where the accelerator is and the <laughs> steering is, get them away from that. And that's what you need to do with every thought. Because if you allow every thought to just sit in your life and drive your life in every direction, you know what you will do? You'll have to spend a lot of money to clean up all the mess that those random wild thoughts will cause you in your life. Amen? And so this is why he says every thought... Every thought must be arrested, even the good thoughts. We check it out first and see if it's really from the Lord. And if it's really from the Lord, then we give it rain, free rain to uh, control our lives. Amen? Especially the bad ones. The bad ones must be arrested and kept there. Amen? If you think about it, every problem you've ever had started as a thought. Every problem you've ever had started as a thought. We can take divorce for, uh, as an example. It starts as a thought. Someone was sitting somewhere and thought, hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think I could get away with this. And then it's just one building block, right? And then they get another brick. Huh, they're starting to annoy me. And they're building a fortress. They don't even realize. They get another one. Um, I think I'm going to run around on them. Now, you may be the innocent one, and they may be the bad one, but we have a, it started as a thought. And they didn't take captive of that thought and arrest it before it was fully formed and fully manifested. Amen. I said, amen. And so we really need to arrest, take captive of every thought. Every thought must be taken captive of uh, 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 so that we can check it out before we allow it to have free reign in our lives. We must allow the word of God to shape our thinking. Let's go to the third, and, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse 23. Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse 23. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 23. And this is what it says. We, we talked about Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, right? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. Now, Ephesians 4, 23 brings us deeper a little bit. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So your mind, you know, again, this is not what it looks like, but this is just an illustration, right? Your mind looks like this, right? And so let's say this is the, the door into your mind, right? Uh, this is, your mind is also divided into two parts. It's got two doors, right? Does this make sense? This is the door. Man, the architects. <laughs> the, this is the doors that they draw, the architects. <laughs> if you look at your plan, they'll be saying, this is the, this is the door. 
is the door. This is the door. Can't you see? Yeah? No. This is the kitchen. Ha! <laughs> and then there's another. I'm like, nah, I can't see anything. You know, <laughs> nailing them, right? But this is the door. So just pretend I'm an architect. <laughs> and this is the door. So the first door we see here is to what we call your rational mind. Your rational mind, right? It's also called the conscious, right? And then the Apostle Paul says, uh, there's something else called the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind, right? And it's also called the heart. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his... It didn't say as a man thinks in his brain. This is where your brain is. This is your heart. It's a combination of your spirit and your soul. It's intense. And life is lived from this place. This is also known as your belief system. Life was never meant to be lived from here. Whenever you live life from here, it's a struggle. You know? And, and, and it may take us <clears throat> a few weeks to live life from here while we are starting out on the journey of renewing our minds. It's going to be hard over here. But ultimately, what God wants us to do is to allow those thoughts to come into this place so that we can live from our belief systems. This is what I call the automated life. Right? This is where the automated life is. And so uh, when the word comes into your mind, it comes into your rational mind, and the rational mind checks it out to see if it's true. So I'm preaching right now, your rational mind is, uh, the God is up. You know, you're checking out everything. Does this make sense? Does it? And so a rational mind that's not trained in God's word will reject the truth because it doesn't make any sense. Amen? And this is where a lot of people, you know, they're struggling to receive this word because they haven't trained uh, this part to receive God's word so that they can bring it to the belief system. So when you start learning uh, math, for example, you train your rational mind that one plus one is two. And you put it in here into your belief system to the point where if someone says one plus one, you don't even have to think about it here. You can just pull it from your belief system and say the answer is two. Let me give you another example. When you go uh, uh, to a driving school to start learning how to drive, the first three months, well, for some a year, for some ten years, (laughs) you are driving from here. This is where you drive. This is why when you're still driving from here, because your brain, your rational mind is in action, don't play music, don't talk, I'm driving. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you live life from here, it's difficult. You know why? Because life was never meant to be lived from here. Now, some of you have managed to send driving into this part of your life, some of you now can drive with one hand. Some of you ladies can do mascara. Which one is mascara? This one? I thought it was. You can do your makeup. You can eat breakfast in traffic while you're driving. You know why? Because now you're not thinking about it. It's automated. And this is where God wants his word. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his 
hard so is so when the word comes it comes through here that's why we have to train our rational mind to make sense of faith that's why scripture says in Romans 10:17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God what that means it didn't say faith comes by hearing the word everybody hears the word he's saying faith comes when your standard of hearing becomes the word so you hear by the word. So when you hear something, you check it against the word. If it, if, you, if, it, if it checks out, you put it in your belief system and it becomes a part of you. Amen? So some, for some people, their rational mind has been telling them, giving doesn't prosper you because you're losing. But for some people, they make sense of God's word to the point where they've thrown it into their belief system. They don't even need a sermon to give. Because it's a part of who they are. They've put it in their automated life. For some people, they've received kindness over here as the, what makes sense for life. And they just put it in their belief system. There are people you can't get mad. doesn't matter how hard you try. They'll just be smiling. They'll just be laughing on you and hugging on you. You can't get them angry. Say, man, I'm really trying to make you angry. They just won't get angry. You know why? Because they've moved it into a belief system that I don't need to get angry for nothing. It makes sense to them in their rational mind, and they've put it. And there's some people who you can get mad quickly. Why? Because over here, they make sense of, of, of uh, being on the edge all the time. And so their belief system is, man, don't do, don't do that. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their God is always up. And so, we have to allow God's word. Have you ever read in uh, Mark chapter number uh, 4? Jesus talks about the sower sowing the seed. You remember the story? And he said when the seed is sown, some falls on uh, wayside. Uh, what happens is, when a rational mind is not renewed into God's word, we're going to read, you know, Hebrews 5, I believe verse 17, it talks about that. When a word, when your mind here, your brain is not conditioned to God's word, when that word comes, it, it lands here on the wayside. There's a lack of understanding. You don't understand what's going on. That's what Mark, uh, Matthew says. He says, because of a lack of understanding, the birds of the sky come and eat that word before it takes root. So before it reaches the heart, the word was taken away. So when the word comes into your rational mind, it gets on an adventure to reach your belief system and your heart. Amen. He said the second group of people, the word of God made it into their heart, but because there was shallow ground, he called it stony ground. He says the word reached this, but because of stony ground, when persecution came for the sake of the word, they were quickly offended and they sent it packing. Back to sender, right? Doesn't work. This word doesn't work. Amen. And the fourth one, it says the word made progress, got here, but because of the uh, cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and lots of other things, entering in. That's what it says. It says you allowed, you didn't take captive, so you allowed everything to also enter into this space. This space must be protected. You know why? Because every seed you allow to get into this space is bringing forth fruit. We also call this part uh, the female part of the brain. And it's interesting because that word, uh, the sower source, the word in Mark chapter number four, if you look it up in the Greek, it's the Greek word sperma. And so he's talking about the word of God as seed. Once it receives, it gets here. I call this the conception chamber. Once it gets here, a baby is coming. And this is why we must only allow the word of God to have space in this chamber. 
Everything else must be thrown away. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Let's close with this. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 5, uh, verse 14. So you can remove these limits by allowing God's word to be your uh, determining uh, 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 you know, uh, factor. It must determine what's true and what's not true. Hebrews 5 verse 14, this is what it says. It says, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's in the New King James Bible. If you read it in the NAB, the New American Bible, it says this. But solid food is for the mature. For those whose faculties, that's what he says. And faculties is talking about this place here. He says those whose faculties are trained by practice to discern good and evil. You could, you could turn that around and say uh, solid food belongs to the mature. Those whose faculties are trained by practice to discern what's the word and what is not the word. This is why... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And so we have to get our faculties trained to know what the word is. This is why discipleship is so important. It's going to help you uh, as you grow in this thing. International Standard Version, same verse. It says, but solid food is for mature people whose minds are trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. Man, once you have a rational mind that can distinguish word from lies, you're on your way to building a strong belief system. Once you have a rational mind that's trained in grace, your belief system over here will be default living holy without even trying. See, because grace is not a doctrine. It's a life. It's a way of life. Amen? And so when you have a rational mind uh, trained in God's word, man, your belief system, I mean, you don't even have to worry about it. It just can't touch you. Amen? Yeah. I said amen. Yeah. And uh, 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 we have uh, people here who've, who've had to train their minds. I mean, Sabella ran the comrades last week. Man, you need a strong mind. You need a strong rational mind over here that says, I can do this. And that strong rational mind has to send signal to your belief, belief system so that your believer is not broken. You can't, you can't run that thing without a strong... Con you can't do it. They'll pick you up. I washed on the thing. I wa they have a bus. Did you see that? I washed. I washed. We went home. And we I was looking for TV. I was looking for Sabella. Where is this guy? When is he come across? I'm looking for the guy, and and I saw the bus. They have a bus, so the runners are running in front, right? But they have a bus coming, picking up people that are. They can already tell. You're not gonna make it. And those who make it, what I could see was, man, they have a strong belief system. Think about it. You're starting this journey, and and you know you have. 89, you've, your watch tells you you one kilometer, and your mind tells you we, we still have 89, 89 more kilometers to go. Amen? You need a strong belief system. Just like your mind tells you, you when you get your salary, your mind will tell you, oh, we still have 30 more days to go. It's the same thing. Oh, I'm bringing it closer to home, right? 
Your mind will tell, we still have 30 more days to go. You need a strong belief system in what God says about his provision for you. We only have a little bit of money left. Just like when you run that one kilometer, your mind will start telling you, but you need to have a strong belief system in all these different things. And when you do, man, I'm telling you, you begin to live your life from that place. That's where God wants us to live our lives uh, from. Amen? We have the last one, and I'm going to spell it out, and then we'll pray, and we'll be out of here. The last way to dare to believe is to allow God's grace to be your fuel. And it says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. It says, But by gra the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Do you see that? I mean, you know, I never thought I could see a Bible verse with uh, grace and, and, and labor in the same verse. Hard work. Labor and hard work in the same. Uh, grace and hard work in the same verse. It's, that's what grace will do. It, it will be your fuel for hard work. In the New Living Translation, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. But whatever I, aim, I am now, uh, it is all because of uh, God poured out his special favor on me, his grace, and not without results. Why? Because grace will produce results. Amen? Not without results. For I worked harder. Did you all see that? I worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. And so when you really understand grace, you allow it to get to your belief system. Man, it will produce for you. It will work through you and begin to produce amazing results for you. I remember, you know, uh, two years ago when we started broadcasting because of COVID, before that we never broadcasted our services. I mean, we'd put a little cell phone and just, you know, do what we could, you know, when we could. We thought that the world out there didn't need to hear this, but thank God for COVID, amen. You know, we didn't bring it, but, you know, we used it to our advantage, right? Someone else preached to say when the storms of life, we can use them to go to the next level as a Dillian. And um, that's what happened to us. We started broadcasting, but every service, we would broadcast the service. Uh, I would get home and I would look on my phone and it would say, uh, your, your service has been silent, silenced or muted in other parts because of copyright match. So when you sing somebody else's song, they will, they will mute that part because, you know, you didn't write the song. There's a copyright match. You know, you're not paying to write it. They can take you to the cleaners. They can take you to the, you know, cleaners, the sue you and get some big bucks from you if you have, if you have it. <laughs> Amen? But, but, but here's, here's the deal is that it, we started thinking, you know what? Maybe we should start writing our own songs. And so when that idea came, it came over here. And the first thing we thought was impossible. This is not for us. It's for the Americans. Who do you think you are? This is, you see, your rational mind is rational. It's also known as the senses. It's the sense realm. The Bible tells us we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So this is walking by sight. It looks around. It says, how are you going to do that? It's impossible. We can't do it. And we said, yeah, we can't. And then we sat down again, and someone brought it up. It's as a thought. He says, man, we should start writing our own songs so that we can, you know, uh, uh, we don't have to be flagged. And, and, and the second time, I thought, man, we could do it. 
And so I took that thought as a seed and put it in our belief system. And we had a small Anyana belief system. It was still small, but, it was, but there was something there. Amen? There was something there. And we said, man, we can work with this you know, belief system. And so I'm not, you know, saying this to, you know, put anyone under the bus. We made a call. We said, hey, listen, uh, who wants to join on this journey? And I mean, when you're still at this level, don't expect the whole world to join you. When you're still dealing with seed, uh, we can't see it. You know, so it was a few of us, you know, we got together. We said, yeah, yeah there's belief system, but it's the skill, it's the talent. Let's get someone to teach us. And the belief started growing. It started growing. It started growing. It started growing. It started growing. And it grew to a point where we thought, hey, we can actually do this. And now we are living life from our belief system and not from here. It's painful over here. But over here, when you start living from uh, your belief system, anything is possible. We went to the studio the other day. Uh, the, the guys, you know, when Marshall uh, puts us in here to write songs, he splits us up into three different groups. The other guys wrote a song. Um, we honor your name, God. And when you hear it, when it's still raw, man, if you don't have a strong belief system, you can throw that thing out. Ooh, it sounds nasty. Ooh. And so, but when you have a strong belief system, you can see something in things that other people don't see uh, good in it. So, you know, someone said, man, we could do something with this. We took it to the producer that we work with, and they came back, and they did their thing, and they played the song for us. The first time I heard it, I said, "Mm, I'm not sure this is a church song. (laughs) I'm just telling you the truth. I said, I'm not sure it's a church song. It's It's too nice to be a church song. It's too, oh man, it's calling me to dance. I don't think we should be dancing this much. And, uh, you know, something in me said, man, just, just, just allow them to do this. I said, man, let's do this. And then we, we did that, and they started working on the song. And so halfway through the song, they said, man, we need someone to come and read a verse. I didn't see it. None of us saw it. Uh, and Marshall was like, this is what I want to do. I want to put someone in there. And I know exactly who. I said, who? Is it Sabelo? I said, Sabelo can sing? He said, yeah, I can, I can make him sing. <laughs> <coughs> you see, because at that point, Marshall is living from here. He said, I'll, I'll work with him. I'm going to go to the studio with him. And then when they got to the studio, Sabelo came in. They said, okay, this is the verse you must read. And he started reading. But when he started reading, he started reading from the report that I got. He was reading from here. And so they had to, you know, sell the idea. Come on, brother, you can do it. Hey, they took him to KZN in his mind. They took him to KZN and said, have you ever been to KZN? He said, I've been. He said, have you ever seen how they welcome the king? He said, look on YouTube. He saw that. He said, this is how we want you to welcome the king of glory. He said, I got you. Run that thing. Oh, boy. The next time he came. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The next time he came, he is from here now. Amen? And this is why I'm saying God does not want you to live your life from here. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart so is he. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, thank you, Lord. Someone shout, this is my season to dare to believe God. To dare to believe be. Amen. That's what God wants for you and I. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we thank you for you have big dreams for them. You have big things for them. Lord, I thank you, Father, for those you have called into the uh, creative arts and uh, entertainment world. Lord, I thank you for 
big thoughts, big ideas, no limits. Lord, I thank you for those you have called into the business arena. I thank you for big thoughts, big ideas like never before. I just thank you, Father, for you are a good God. And by grace, you have removed all limits. And so I pray for these children, your children, that, Lord, we may, we may receive uh, hearts that are enlarged to be able to allow uh, your grace to flow into our lives unhindered, unchecked, unstopped. Lord, I thank you, Father, that those you have given uh, creative minds. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that they will go to places that no man has gone. We rebuke and refuse uh, to live our lives from a place of copy and paste. Lord, I thank you that you are allowing them to cut a new path. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that your grace right now is doing a work in our hearts. It is doing a work in our belief system to receive your word unhindered, unstopped, so that it may bring forth fruit in its season. We thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.